So this is George Matheson. George Matheson was a Scottish preacher. He went blind at an early age. He wrote one of Christianity's better-known hymns, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go. The opening verse to this hymn says, O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thy ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. He seems to have been very familiar with this passage of St. Paul's, and especially of the last few definitions that Paul gives to love. What's interesting, there's a story about George Matheson in which he was in love with a woman. And when it became apparent that he was going to be blind, she told him she could never be married to a blind man, and she left him. He wrote the hymn years later on the eve of his sister's wedding. And he said in one of his writings that it came from a place of deep pain and sorrow. He didn't say exactly what that was. Some historians have, have suggested that it may have been the memory of that woman leaving him, that he was that pain he was revisiting when he wrote this hymn. But regardless of what caused the pain, his words, love that will not let me go, capture perfectly what St. Paul is getting at here. Certainly the whole passage is remarkable in its poetic beauty and, and in, in what it has said, which we have been exploring for many weeks now, this, this heart of, of Paul's entire writings. But it is this line near the end that is really transcendent. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Here are a few different English translations that, that just help capture the wonder of, of what Paul is saying. The NLT says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. The ESV says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The ISV, she bears up under everything, believes the best in all. There is no limit to her hope, and never will she fall. And the WNT, she knows how to be silent. She is full of trust, full of hope, full of patient endurance. You know, I think if there was ever a verse to put to memory from all of Scripture, this is that verse. For it is the definitive reminder that no matter what comes our way, God loves us and always will. No matter how dark life gets, it will never be dark enough to destroy the light of God's love. And no matter how evil death may seem, God's love assures us life is the final reality and death is ultimately a lie. And more, these words are the definitive reminder of how we are to live in the world as Christians. How we are to be in this world to those around us. To both our family and friends, as, though, as well as those we don't know well, and even our enemies. Gordon Fee captures the essence of this verse brilliantly, I think, when he writes, Love has a tenacity in the present, buoyed by its absolute confidence in the future, that enables it to live in every kind of circumstance and continually to pour itself out in behalf of others. That's just such a beautiful capture of this verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 13. So, after dealing, after defining love in the negative, 
these eight things that we looked at last week in detail for those of us that were here, St. Paul now turns back to the positive. And it is worth noting immediately that for each of these four definitions of love, Paul adds what functions ultimately as a limitless adverb. Always. Always. You think he's stressing a point? I think maybe he's giving us a hint at how stubborn the Corinthians are. It's as if he's saying, so listen, I know you already have all your arguments against what I just said about love. I know you have all your little loopholes that allow you to continue to be self-seeking instead of other-seeking. So just to show you that all those arguments are invalid, I'm going to throw this in there. Always. It's really hard to qualify always, isn't it, Dave? It's hard to argue against always. Always is one of those words, always. It's pretty straightforward. Always. Or as in some translations, all things. And, and I have to tell you, this is one of those verses that I really don't like when I'm in the middle of my own arguments about loving others because it's really hard to argue against always. And Paul throws it in four times, not just once, four times. I think it's a good verse to keep in mind when we start arguing against love. So let's get into it. He begins with bears all things, or as the NIV says, always protects. There's a few ways to understand this, and all of them I think are consistent with good biblical interpretation, and they all help us to get to the fuller meaning of what Paul is getting at. Bailey explains that one way to think of this comes from the root of the word. So as, as a verb, it means doesn't leak. So think waterproof, okay? And as a noun, it means roof. So in other words, a good roof, a good roof protects people in the house by keeping water out. Okay? Love covers all things. St. Saint Peter sort of got to this when he said, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Likewise, the same idea can be used for keeping water inside a container. So, Bailey reminds us some Corinthians were brass manufacturers, and they would have understood this meaning as applying to their craft. If they made a horrible cup that leaked, what good was it? So, to make a cup or a bowl or a pitcher that didn't leak, that has this idea. So, some scholars will translate, in fact, this statement as, love keeps all confidences. So Bailey sums up these two ideas this way. Be because you love me, you will cover me, and thereby protect me from exterior harm. You are also trustworthy. I can share the secrets of my heart with you, knowing that you will not leak those secrets to anyone because of your love for me. I like that. In addition, there is also the idea that many of the English translations have of love bears all things. This is the idea of putting up with things. Love wants to protect the loved one so much it will put up with anything to accomplish that goal. Even a quick reading of the Old Testament reveals this is how God loved the Israelites, isn't it? They were constantly grumbling, rebelling, breaking covenants, abandoning him. And the entire story is he just kept loving them. He put up with so much. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, understood this about God's love when he wrote, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. That's putting up with a lot. Love bears all things, even when common sense says, run away, run away now, quick, get out. Love never runs away. 
So for us, I think this looks like this. On the one hand, it looks like not gossiping, not hanging others' dirty, dirty laundry out to dry, not publicly criticizing people. It's not joining in the demeaning of others, but it's coming alongside and helping those who are failing, struggling, missing the mark, and covering them with kindness, understanding, mercy, grace. And on the other hand, it is also about bearing whatever comes along in the lives of those around us. It doesn't mean enabling harmful behavior and, and certainly not turning a blind eye to sin, but it means loving in the midst of it. Loving in the midst of it. And not abandoning others when they or the going gets tough. <coughs> Love bears all things. So next Paul writes, believes all things, or some translations have it. So that's bears all things. I'm sorry. Next Paul writes, believes all things, or always trusts. So I think there are two ideas being communicated here. One is on the level of our love for God. Our love for God. And that means we believe in his love for us, as revealed in Scripture, in the world around us, in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It means we trust him in his love even when circumstances would dictate otherwise. It means seeing the truth of life behind the lies of death. It means having faith that God is always loving. Always. Joseph captures this sense of believing all things when after he had been kidnapped and sold into slavery by his own family, and then he meets up with them decades later and he says, As for you, you meant to harm me, but God intended it for a good purpose so we could preserve the lives of many people as you can see this day. And Paul captured it with this line that many of us know. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. This isn't blind optimism. It's not pretending the world isn't a horrible place at times. It's unfailing trust that love wins. That life wins. Hate and death are all around us, but they don't win. They're temporary at best in their lives. Our reading from the Psalms today was chapter 13. And, and for those of you that can still remember it, it started off with the Psalmist writing, How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. Life can feel like that, can it? Well, hell's breaking loose. My friends and family are dying. It can feel like that. But what I loved about that psalm and why we read it together this morning is in the same breath, he says, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Nothing happened. It went from verse 4 to verse 5. Nothing changed. The circumstances didn't go away. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. Love always believes. But this love also has to do with how we love others. 
how we love others. For, for this is how God loves us. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some regard slowness, but is being patient toward you because he does not wish for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God is always believing in us. He's always waiting for us to love him, to be in radical relationship with him. Think about it. We are all those he died for. And when I say we, I mean everybody. For God so loved the world. So we are all those he died for. Even in our worst moments, or our neighbor's worst moments, or our enemy's worst moments, we are God's beloved. And that is how we are to see others. You know who's great at this? Moms. Moms are great at this. I read this incredible interview with, um, actually it was a story on death row. And part of the story was interviewing moms whose sons were on death row. And nearly all of them, all of them, even those whose sons were on death row because they were serial killers, they all said the same thing. But he's, he's such a good boy. He did something horrible. But he's such a good boy. He's my boy. Oh, love. Here's the thing, though. If love is real and authentic and Christian, it lives this way in the world, not just for our sons. I know this seems impossible, but maybe seeing people as God sees them would help us. Everyone is someone who God loves and died for. So do we really not want to love someone God loves? Think, have you ever thought about how that conversation is going to go? I really wish more Christians who get on Facebook or social media and hate on people would think first about that conversation with God. Would just sit down and say, do you really want to tell God how much you hate someone he died for? How's that going over when you get to heaven? Honestly. We love to have us, them. We love to have enemies. God doesn't have enemies. And if he does, he loves them. That's what Jesus said. I'm not saying this. I didn't make this up. It says it. While we were his enemies, he died for us because he loves us. Don't think when you are filled with your righteous anger and hatred for enemies that they're God's on your side. Or God's on, your God is on your side. God is not on people's sides. He's on everybody's side. He loves them. Love believes all things. I think believing love, I think believing love thinks of Christ and others first, not itself. That's what I think of. You think of Christ who died for people first. And you think of the people he died for, and then you look at them that way. And maybe that helps. Alice Sue works with refugees in the Middle East. And we all know the Middle East right now is hell. She's in the midst of it. And in a recent magnificent blog post, one of the most incredible posts I've ever read. She is wrestling with the gospel and terrorism. 
love your enemy. <clears throat> and these people that are just purely evil. And here's what she wrote in one part. I am thinking too much of myself and not enough of Christ. When I really think of him, he says, look at me. I look. I blink. I am almost blinded. I am moved. I fall to my knees. I think, this is too bright to be true, too much to hold, too deep and fiery. I am moved out of my mind. I look. He says, every person is your brother. Love them. Lay down your life for them the way I laid down my life for you. I love you so much. I am for you, not against you. Your life is in my hands. I believe. Against all odds, I believe. Love believes. It always sees the good, the possibilities. It is not blind to the impossibilities. Don't get me wrong. But it refuses to allow them to define people. Jesus said to Peter, you are a rock. Long before Peter was any such thing. He was still a vacillating fool when Jesus said that to him. He said to the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He didn't see an adulteress. Her adultery didn't define her in Jesus' eyes. He said to a dying thief, today you shall be with me in paradise. Love believes. I like the way Dr. George Wood says it. Love doesn't put people on probation. Love believes. Paul then writes, love hopes all things. And again, this goes in two directions. Certainly, loving God means to always hope. Paul said to the writer of the Colossians, God wanted to make known to them the glorious riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He alone is our hope. He rose again. He defeated death. And now we have an eternal hope, even in the face of our worst hells. Because he rose again. Even later in this letter, Paul will tell, tell the Corinthians quite clearly that if Jesus didn't rise again, then we're all fools. We don't have hope. But he did rise again. We do have hope. And loving God means to hope in him. Paul wrote, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. And that great song that the band did for offering one of the lines was, like the seas wait for the dawn to come, I feel hope in the strength of our love. God's love for us, our love for God, to be hopeful. And love for others means we always hope when it comes to them too. 
Jesus washed the feet of Judas knowing full well what he was about to do. Think about that. After people hurt us, we won't do anything for them. Imagine if we knew they were about to hurt us. He knew what was about to happen and he washed his feet. Jesus hoped that Judas would still respond to grace. That is what love does. Hopes that others, no matter how horrible they may be, will eventually respond to grace. John MacArthur wrote this. As long as the grace of God is operative, human failure is never final. You know, I don't always agree with Mr. MacArthur's theology, but that is worth a bumper sticker. That should be on every mirror we look on every day. It should be in our car's rearview mirror. It should be on our phone. It should be in our pocket. It should be written on our hand. As long as the grace of God is operative, human failure is never final. Oh. Love hopes always. And finally, Paul writes, love endures all things. I think this is where I love the NEB translation of this verse the most. It, it says this, There is nothing love cannot face. There is no limits to its faith, its hope, and its endurance. Doesn't that capture this verse so wonderfully? Some preacher I read once, who I've completely forgotten the name, and I'm sorry if you ever listen to this, don't call me, I'm not plagiarizing. He said, you may treat me like an enemy, but you cannot make me treat you like an enemy. That is endurance. Enduring all things means love never gives up. Never. It never lets go. Love endures all things. Christ endured death itself because he loves us. And now he will never let us. So what do we endure for those we love? How easy do we tend to let go, give up, walk away, check out, stop trying? If we are truly loving, then I think the answer will be never. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Like we saw last week, I know this seems impossible. And in fact, apart from God, it is impossible. But in His love, surrendering our life to the reality of His always protecting love, His always believing love, His always hoping love, His always enduring love for us, think we will discover the miracle of grace that will allow us to live this way. And it starts by doing what Dr. Wood says to do. Confessing, agreeing, acknowledging that this is where I want my life to go and what I want it to be. This is the reality I want God to speak into existence in my life. I want this to describe me. 
that, that what was the song, Give Me, Give Me Jesus? And when, when death comes, is, is that that line? I was sitting here this morning and singing that song and, and thinking how short life is and how quickly death takes us all. And, and knowing I was going to be giving this quote from Dr. Wood and I thought, yeah, you know, in the end, I, I would want to be remembered that way. So I hope I don't die today. But I want this to describe me. Let this word from God describe us. For love really has no meaning unless it comes in the flesh. Love has no meaning as an abstract idea or concept or word. Love only has meaning when it is lived in us. We are to be as love. We are to take on the characteristics of love. We are to be love. Might God help us all.